0: Welcome to Beautifully Bloomed, the podcast where we explore how to break you out of the box of rules and beliefs that are holding you back from the life you are meant to live. I'm your host, Rebecca Turvo. Join me as I share mindset tools, coaching conversations, and human design to help you uncover your unique gifts and create the life, relationships, and business you desire. Today, I have Christy Inge as my guest, and she is a fellow human design teacher. I'm really excited to talk with her today in our topic about religion. And especially, I like talking to people who grew up in kind of an orthodox or fundamentalist type of religion, like I did, (laughs) and have somehow transitioned from that. Thank you, Christy, for joining me today, because it sounds like there's some fascinating things we get to. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, yes, (laughs) sounds like my kind of conversation. But first of all, I just want to know, like, because you told me that you grew up in a Southern Baptist and Pentecostal, or was it somehow together? I, I don't understand that.
1: So it was, I did go to Southern Baptist churches and Pentecostal holiness churches. So there was a difference in what type of church we went to based on the conditions within my family. Mm. So my dad was an alcoholic Yeah, and when he was on vendors, we would be shipped off to church on the church bus. And that was a Southern Baptist church. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> and then when he was off the wagon or on the wagon, whatever you call it, <laughs> you like call it. sober, okay. okay, we would go to the Pentecostal Holiness Church, which was the church that his mother went to. And so as children, we were back and forth, back and forth. And I didn't know until as much later. Well, I knew that there were differences in the church because the services are incredibly different and yeah. the vibe is incredibly different. But I didn't understand what any of that meant, and I don't know what type of religion you were raised in. But there was a very fundamental quality, like mm-hmm. under there's it, all. rules. Like,
0: yeah, if you there, don't follow there's... these rules, you're going to go to Absolutely. hell. That kind of thing, yeah. right? Yeah, that's what I grew up in.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you were born bad.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. We're very sinful. Yeah, and we need just for being born. <laughs> yes, we're super sinful, so we need to. Be this poor sinner, right? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> that is yeah. so heavy. Even though when you're telling me again, I'm like, oh yeah. yes, that poor sinner thing.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. and, and it was painful. It was painful as a it child. Was it was
0: painful. Nice. So, until what age did you do this back and forth? Until eighteen or, or so? What?
1: I had my first what I would consider to be faith crisis when I was around seventeen or eighteen years old. I don't remember. Time yeah. is not, yeah, my strong yeah. suit. I have three right arrows in my chart. Okay, (laughs) Um, but late teens, I had what I would consider to be my first crisis of faith.
0: Yeah,
1: and basically, my whole life growing up in the different churches and the influence of the religious people in my because my whole family was very religious, and I had always had these very very conflicting experiences in church the preacher would say something and i would get these remarkable chills and like my body knew like there's something here mm. yeah and then like 3 seconds later it's like and you're damned to hell you know like, <laughs> and, <you're> like <laughs> and my body wait. would be like no way like and, and so there was like yeah. it was very like confusing feelings because i had deep resonance with parts of it and My parents, we never had conversations about it. Of course we didn't. And so by the time I got into my late teens, I was pissed. I remember like standing in my parents' kitchen and I yelled at them. I said, I don't believe in God anymore. And I stomped out of the house. And literally before I was even out of the driveway, I received a phone call that my grandmother had died Mm. And I thought for sure, God was punishing me totally. And so shortly after that, I ended up on drugs and I was on drugs for most of my twenties, mm. married a drug dealer and around the age of 28 Saturn return First Saturn return. Mm. One of my brothers died. Both of my brothers have died since then. And that was so between like the late teens and that Saturn return, that first Saturn return, in hindsight, I can see that like I was running from myself. I was running from these deeply conflicting spiritual emotion because I have always had now what I identify as like a spiritual longing, like that longing to be close to the divine and to know God. And, and so, you know, drugs and alcohol,
0: so did you think the drugs, though, could bring you closer to God? I mean, it was that. No, I think. Oh, okay. So
1: the drugs and the alcohol just started as a, as like a
0: rebellion towards my
1: parents. Yeah. And I think a rebellion towards my entire upbringing. Like I was always yeah. the good child. I never
0: did anything yeah. wrong. The good girl. Yes.
1: <laughs> I get but it. I was always <laughs> treated as if I was doing everything wrong. Oh, And so it was just a time of like deep rebellion. In hindsight, I'm 45 now. In hindsight, I can look back at that time and I can see that like I was running away from myself. I think as a coach, you definitely know what I mean when I say like I didn't even have the skills to navigate any of that.
0: But were you taught that? there's no thinking or or needing to learn anything like just have faith and just listen to what the preacher says. Yeah. 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 You don't go and like learn it from a book or you don't go find out the information.
1: (laughs) Right. And like, there was a big, um, and even still today things like going to therapy or anything like that is completely like frowned upon. (laughs) Like, Oh, yes. Frowned upon. Like you don't do anything like that. Like the answer is prayer and prayer and prayer.
0: Yes. (laughs) I just can't believe this. I mean, if you don't know anything about my story, my son died by suicide when he was 17. I felt at that point I needed therapy. And Mm. he must have needed therapy, although we didn't know it. Right. But if we would have known it, I would have definitely had therapy. But I felt like that was the message too. It's like, (gasps) oh. Oh, and they're not Christians. And, you know, of course, Christian, what does that mean? Our type of Christian. They're not our type of Christians.
1: Uh, So I have a really interesting story about that. So (laughs) my first husband, he was a drug dealer. And I was at my wedding shower for, you know, marrying him. And it was with the church ladies. Okay. And one of the church ladies, she said to me, So, what religion is he? Yeah. And I said, Oh, he's Lutheran. And she said, Oh, honey, we have plenty of time to find you a nice Southern Baptist husband before you get married.
0: And she was serious. Yeah. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah. Like she was very serious. Very
1: serious. And I'm like, I remember having a conversation with my mom, and she was like arguing with me that Catholics aren't Christian. Exactly.
0: No, I'm but like, that's every, I found every church says this. This is what every yeah, church says. Yeah, it's crazy to me. It's We're crazy. the only ones. That are we are the happen. ones that have the answer. Everybody else. Everyone else is wrong. They're in the darkness. <laughs> they're out there in the darkness. I'm like, oh. yes. pray <laughs> yeah. for their souls. <laughs> exactly. They need pray to find their, their way to whatever. I'm like, oh my, yes. Yeah. Totally. Yes, and so we were also encouraged marry a Christian husband. Now, what does Christian mean again? It's within our church. You've got to marry in our church, right? Or yeah. else, you know what? You're going to have kid. You're not going to agree where your kids should be raised, right. right? All of the stuff.
1: All <laughs> so, of that. Stuff. So you yeah.
0: had the same stuff. Yes. Yes. I get it.
1: <laughs> Just a different flavor, apparently. <laughs>
0: For sure. So yeah. I was curious, like, were there any like rules as to how, well, there were like, was alcohol, some bad, simple thing. And when you were in the church, there were these rules about religion? there were never,
1: I have learned about other religions and like, so like Mormons, for example, mm-hmm. I know that they have very strict, stringent mm-hmm. rules about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the churches that I was raised in, it was more like an unspread. Spoken kind of thing. It, it definitely wasn't the way I interpret, you yeah. know, I've never been to a Mormon church, anything yeah. like that. So I don't know for sure, but you yeah. know, from what I've heard
0: definitely.
1: It, where yes. I grew up, it was more like a, like a vibe, like a, it was unspoken.
0: Right. I mean, we don't have like written laws or something, but believe me, if you are doing things outside what we think are the right rules, then you're not really acceptable. So you're kind of up on the fringes.
1: Yes. You get
0: kicked out of the tribe. Like people shouldn't be hanging out with you. you,
1: Like, yeah, they
0: shouldn't be hanging out with you. And certainly their kids should not hang out with your kids because yes, something bad could happen. (laughs) So I find that to be just so hard because as a teenager, It's like when you're trying to decide who you are, you're not really given the opportunity to decide who you are because you're going to be kicked out if you're not following all the rules. Yeah. I mean, like the Amish, what do they call it? Do they call it banished? I think (laughs) they call it banishing. Yeah, something like that. So they... Shunning. They call it shunning. I knew it wasn't (laughs) that. Shunning. And I feel like that is what happens. But see, they actually give their teenagers a chance. They send them out into the wild wilderness and say, go do all the things. And then if you decide to come back and get baptized, now make a commitment. But you know that's not really how it works in our church. Like, right. <laughs> There's no opportunity to really go and experience anything. <laughs> so, for sure.
1: Yeah, very know. similar. Like, no, this is the way.
0: Yeah, this is the way for us. If you want to wear makeup, if you want to, now me, I start wearing nail polish. If you want to wear nail polish, no, no, no. You know, there's no makeup, earrings, nail polish, no oh, dancing. We didn't hear that yes, yeah. you were expected to be in your makeup. <laughs> really that isn't so this is what I'm talking about I started going to all the different churches finding out the different rules I'm like well wait how can this all be true I don't get it these people are so certain that their rules are true then these people are so certain that their rules are true it didn't resonate with me (laughs) like yeah I don't get it you know how come the Mormons can wear makeup but I can't (laughs) it just didn't make sense to me and then I started going down the path Yeah. Here's some man-made stuff. <laughs> you know, these, all the rules made up by men yeah. to tell us all to, the
1: different rules how from how all do. the different people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Super fun. So you yeah. got married at 28.
1: No, that um, I was in the process of getting divorced when I was 28. Okay. So I married
0: at 23, 24. So he was supposedly in your, not really, you weren't really in your religion anymore. Right. So. No, not,
1: okay. um, not at all. No. I was too busy drinking and doing drugs for that. And we had also moved away. We had moved to Virginia, and I'm originally from North Carolina. Oh. Yeah, we were married for four yeah. years.
0: 28 Saturn return, your brother dies, which is interesting because my brother died when I was 28. <laughs> well, oh, I was, wow. I was 27. He died of cancer. He was my baby brother. He died of cancer. And I think that, cause that's the only thing I found that really happened around my Saturn return. Cause you know how we talk about these times in our lives. Right. And yeah. I was like, what happened when I was 27? Well, you know, my brother died of cancer when I was 27. So, and your brother yeah. died. Yeah. He did. And did. He also die of cancer. No, he died in a car accident. So, yeah, yeah, I used to, yeah, I used to think it would have been easier if he died in a car accident, he wouldn't have to suffer. You know, all the things we think about when we lose people anyways. Yeah. You know, yeah. So 28, when is your real opportunity to think about your faith or what you truly believe? I mean, when you had drugs all that time, that wasn't really the opportunity, right?
1: Yeah, so I think for me, like the first time in my life where I really started to explore like, who am I as a person? Because it was when I was going through divorce from my first husband, because Mm -hmm. he couldn't afford the house. And so I stayed in the house and he moved back to North Carolina. So now after 28 ish year, 27, 28 years, because we were, we were separated for a while before the divorce was actually final. But anyway, I, st- I was living alone for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I was 200 miles away from my family, you know, knew basically no one because we had moved to Virginia knowing no one. And that was when I started to realize, and you know, like in human design, we talk about being in your own aura and spending time in your own aura and letting your energy deconditioned from all of the influence. I think that I just had a massive time of that, right? Like, cause I lived alone, didn't have a lot of friends. I did have a job that I went to every day, but I did spend a lot of time alone. And in that time I started to recognize, like I knew my whole life that I was different, but during that time I started to understand like how I was different. you know what I mean? Like I started Mm -hmm. to understand like, what am I actually interested in? And what am I actually really curious about? And of course, at the time I didn't have the language of human design, but started really discovering those things. And I did do a little bit of like, I think what we all do when we have a faith crisis and kind of go away, I started church shopping Mm. and like, oh, I just need to find like, Mm like community a diff- or something. Yeah. Like I just need yeah. to find a different yeah. church. And that didn't mm-hmm. pan out. But it was a really interesting time in my life because it was when I started to recognize, like, and again, I didn't have the language for it. I hadn't been to therapy at that point. I didn't know human design, coaching, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just knew, like, oh wait, I'm very different. Like, I'm not who I thought I was. And so I that was a really critical time in my life.
0: Well, there's this thing about you think who you are, depending on how you were raised. Like they said, this is who you are. This is how you're here to be. And in my church, we're all here to be this way. Like everybody's on the same belief system. And you all like dress the same, act the same, you know, hang out together. Like that's what I grew up. That's what you do. Yes. And nobody, (laughs) you didn't have time to think. I did the whole path. I like got married to a man from my church, which I'm still married to today. Thank goodness. I do appreciate that. However, like I did the path. You get married as soon as you can. You start having babies as soon as you can. You know, I follow the path. So while you were on drugs at that age, I was actually raising children. I'm too busy to think of myself. Yeah. In fact, our last daughter just graduated from high school. So for 29 years, right, our oldest son was 29 our youngest daughter is 18 now. So I was just raising kids, a family doing the church thing. There's no time to think about yourself and discover who you are. Like, this is so interesting to me. I mean, I did start right after our son died by suicide in 2012. I did. I started to think about it. Like, do I believe this stuff? Because they say suicide is a sin. And, you know, your kid might going to hell. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Like, there was a lot of questions. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure that came up. So, that's me in the last 10 years trying to quote figure that out, right? Yeah. Not church shopping, but just like really learning about other things. I mean, church yeah. shopping in the way of learning, I guess, not going, right. <laughs> not going anywhere else. But it's interesting. So, you said church shopping, which to me, religion is religion is religion. And, and it, that's how what does it I solve- found. <laughs> like how does it solve the problem right it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> just another set of rules by some different people you know? yeah and I'm like
1: a different location yeah
0: I mean yeah and what I want to say too is I do believe religion can be good for some people it probably even saves some people's lives I really a does. a million percent but why can't they just let those of us who don't think it's for us just be us you know? It's just like the exclusionary, you know, there's not really total love and acceptance in my opinion, definitely not (laughs) in religion, you know? And so you did this thing, you got divorced. Now you started finding, this is in your thirties, right?
1: Yeah. And then in my early thirties, I met my current husband and I don't want to yeah. spin the conversation off in an unintended direction, but learning about our human design charts has been yeah. so revealing to me. Yeah. So he has
0: the 1222. Me too. You do. And so does my husband. It's a lot of emotions around here. <laughs> so again,
1: I don't want to spin the conversation off in an unintended direction, but to me, like yeah. I have that channel undefined. Yeah. I don't have either side. Yeah. And I, I, receive that energy as the energy of grace. And my husband has been a vehicle of that for me. And, you know, in the beginning of our marriage, we did the thing where it was like, because we met on eHarmony. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. And so we lived about 45 minutes apart. And then, you know, once we got married, I moved to where he lived. So we started church shopping like here, and I remember the last church we went to and we were both like, no, never again. Like, this is fruitless. This is not like we just keep finding the same, it's the same, same thing. World. Yeah. So like at that Saturn return, I started discovering like, oh, wait, like I'm not who I always thought I was. And then at this time, that last church, like the memory is so potent in my mind. We like got in the car and we look at each other and we're like what was that? Like, why would you want to go and sit through someone yelling and telling you how horrible and sinful and shameful you are? Like, why would you want to go do that every week? Interesting. And the hellfire damnation thing, like, you know, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like we're just finding the same thing over and over and over again. And so at that point by divine intervention, I ended up in a yoga studio. And that really changed my path. That really changed my path. That opened me up to a whole other realm of experiences, like a world that like, I didn't even know existed. And I remember like having conversations with people from my upbringing, like you're going to end up in a cult and, you know, like,
0: yeah, (laughs) whole like thing. Now there have been some yoga cults because I've studied a lot of cults too, but yeah,
1: for sure. For sure.
0: That's not the norm.
1: Right. So, (laughs) and you know, I mean, we could argue all day long about cults, but that for me is when my perspective, spiritually speaking, really started to open up in yoga. I was having these experiences where, that longing, what I now identify as spiritual longing, like that spiritual longing was being satisfied by practicing yoga and the meditation. And so I didn't understand that. I didn't, you know, it was just like, it literally opened my eyes to a whole new world. By that time I was coaching and I don't do one-on-one work anymore, but at the time I offered one donation-based client at a time, and one of my clients was a Methodist minister, and I had some really profound experiences coaching her. And so I'm a five-two. I have transpersonal yeah. profile, yeah. And so she's definitely one of the people that changed my direction. Like my husband is one of those people, and she was one of those people. Yeah. And she introduced me to Richard Rohr. Are you familiar with Richard Rohr? Mm
0: -hmm. Sounds familiar, but no, you'll tell me what it is. I'm not sure.
1: So Richard Rohr is amazing. His last book was called the universal Christ.
0: Okay. And maybe I've heard of him. Yeah.
1: So the Methodist minister, she told me like, read his book. It's called falling upward. Okay. Falling upward. Yeah. Like he's in his like eighties or nineties now. So he's written, you know, multiple, multiple, multiple books and i'm not sure where falling upward falls yeah. in that spectrum i know it's not recent cuz this was over a decade ago yeah so falling upward essentially the premise of the book is is that spiritually we have two phases of life and i'm not sure that i agree that we only have two at this point in my yeah. personal process yeah but his his point was we have two spiritual phases in our lives in the first phase I can't remember what he calls it in the first phase, we are taught who God is and we're told who God is. And we are conditioned to believe who God is and what God is and what role God serves in our lives. And what happens, just like what you were sharing about your son Mm -hmm. is we, we start to have these experiences in our lives that don't reconcile with what we've been taught. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we go into these crises of like, wait. Yeah. Like, no, like Mm -hmm. this is not coming out in the wash here. Like, this isn't making sense. This isn't adding up. And he said, What most people do when they have those events is they collapse their definition of God. They make God smaller. Mm. And he said, but the invitation is to make your definition of God. Bigger. Mm, That's your definition of God.
0: Are you saying the differences between that? What I'm hearing is that some people told me, because I used to be a coach for grief for parents, right? Mm. And who've lost children. And what they tell me is, oh, this has brought me so much closer to God. Like they even get more into the narrow, straight path. That's what they experience. Now, other people like me did not experience that. We're like, no. I don't believe that very limited view. There's all this others. Is that what right?
1: So like for me, when I yelled at my parents, I don't believe in God anymore. That was me collapsing my definition of God. I was making oh, God okay. a smaller part of my life, but that the invitation and the reason that we do that, the reason that we collapse like that and start turning away from what we've been taught is because our experience, we cannot reconcile that. Yeah. Right. And I reconcile like my son died by suicide and yeah. is now in hell. Right. Right. Like we can't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> maybe for some people, maybe maybe it does. <laughs> yeah. For me, that's a no. Yeah. Spleen says no. <laughs> <laughs> so that completely changed my perspective. And like spiritually, that's what I believe my practice is. Like if, if, if you were to say, what is your spiritual path? It would be always expanding my definition of God and making God bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger and bigger. And, you know, now I'm in a place where I remember a few years ago, maybe three or four years ago, I came to this place where it was like, Oh, like I'm included in the definition of God. Like I'm part of it. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, Oh, I am it. Yeah. We are all like, I think of like, God is like pouring himself or herself or whatever, or Mm -hmm. itself, whatever you want to call it into the human experience into the earthbound experience. And I think of it as like, we're playing a game of divine hide and seek with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a far cry from where I started. And I don't believe anyone else needs to believe that just to be clear. Yeah. Yeah but it's been this constant because i've had a lot of things go down. When i was 36, i learned that my dad isn't really my dad. He's not my biological father and yeah. i found out by accident. I had another brother die, had, you know, a number of instances where before that book, i would have collapsed, right? I would have collapsed further. And so for me it's just been a like a surrender to like if this doesn't reconcile, if this doesn't make sense, go bigger, right? Go bigger. Yeah. Let God yeah. be bigger than you believe.
0: Exactly. So. Have you ever read those books by Neil? Is his name Neil Donald Walsh conversations with God? There's like three. No, I've heard, I've heard of him,
1: but I haven't. Yeah.
0: I've been, I'm just like on the third book. Now, those are super fascinating because it really does. In some of the things you say just, and, well, they're all in that too. So yeah, really fascinating. So that's what I've been doing too. I'm experiencing that, right? I'm like, well, I'm just going to go see what all the different opinions and and things are about religion and how all the different people and where it came from and why do we believe these things? And then I want to be able to form my own beliefs. Like, I Nobody needs to tell me how I need to believe. I don't need to tell them how they need to believe.
1: You know? <laughs> so I'm curious if in, so one of the things that has been really fascinating for me in that process has been learning. There are multiple examples that stand out in my mind, but one of the most potent examples that I've discovered that has really been fascinating to me is the similarities in the stories and the myths. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how much you have studied Hindu. Uh-uh. I haven't but done that one yet. One of the prominent gods in Hinduism is Hanuman. And when you look at Hanuman's birth story, how Hanuman was born, he was conceived through immaculate conception. Yeah. And so when you like when you mm-hmm. look at the mythology and the stories that surround these different religions, you start to see like oh, like that golden thread that I knew was there the whole time, like that's there. And if you're yeah. looking for it, you can actually see it. And you can see that this is just people's interpretation of that golden thread.
0: Yeah. Even the Bible, it's like, is it more just mythology or, you know, like there's a lot of... Have you,
1: have <laughs> you read What is the Bible by Rob Bell?
0: No. Yeah, Sounds I like should- an interesting one though. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Rob Bell was a pivotal person in my, there's also a documentary about him called the heretic.
0: Mm, Yeah. Check that out too. Yes. No, all of this stuff is super fascinating to me. So here's the question I always have is, well, you left pretty young though. You were 18 when you left, but I mean, for me, the question is like, what about community? right? Because I feel like one of the things that keeps people in religion is community. community. Yeah, especially in mine, like, and Mormons would say the same thing. It's like this community, you feel safe and secure and everybody believes the same way. So it's almost like you trust that when your kids, if they could just stay in this community, you know, they're going to be safe and secure too. And, you know, they will be blessed in their life and it'll all be wonderful and we'll all go to heaven, you know, all the things. So like, what do you do now about community? Or like you found a community or like, so I think what's your profile in human design? I'm a one, four.
1: Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I, I need community. a fourth line.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I need so, community.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you're also personal destiny. So <laughs> yeah.
0: you don't scared. care so much about community. I really do You're don't. line two, right? Line two. Yeah, I'm a five, yeah. two. Yeah. And so that's interesting. Cause my husband's a two, four, you know, there's that weird conundrum with the two and the four.
1: Yeah. So the fifth line, I mean, you know, like, I don't, I don't need to educate you on what the fifth line is, but just tell me one of the (laughs) things that we have tendencies to do as a fifth line is like, we dip in and out, we dip in and out We dip in and out, like, because what happens is the way I explain it is like the projection field, particularly when you're in a double projection field, the five and the two, It's like this layer starts to build up, build up, build up, build up. And the thicker that projection field becomes, the harder it is to maintain interdependent, healthy relationships because that projection field builds up. And so like I'm more of a like dip in and out kind of person. And this was something I discovered about myself long before human design, which is why I love human design, because it (laughs) had affirmed all these things that I had been discovering. Yes, But I do engage in community, mostly online. Mm. And I would say that if there were a local community, because we did try joining the Church of Unity.
0: Yeah. No, I've never Um, heard of that one.
1: So. Yeah, look yeah. into it. I don't want a mm-hmm. rabbit hole on that. Yeah. But and that was like kind of okay. Yeah, and my husband is a one three, so he's like super. Like he's not. We're not people. People. Um, and <laughs> I so find that I
0: think, funny that you say that. Yeah. It's yeah, but I do yeah.
1: think that like I've never been able to find a community that I actually want to dip into more. Yeah. And so interesting. So for me, it's not like oh, I never want to be a part of a community or anything like that. But for me, like even it's interesting, I'm in a group. I'm not going to mention what group it is. I'm in a group on Facebook and it's of a spiritual nature with a specific spiritual teacher. Yeah, And even within that, there's, you know, a lot of like, these people are right. And these people are wrong. And so even more like In any
0: community, I wonder, I feel fine. Yeah. And so
1: for me, like any of the, like, they're right, they're wrong. Mm
0: -hmm. Like,
1: that's just not my vibe. Like for me, like I've, I've witnessed what religion has done for my mother and she has a completely different relationship with it than I do. So like for
0: her. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. Right. It's beautiful. Yeah.
1: Right. and. And I think of like our colleague, Jody Moore, mm-hmm. right? Like her religion is very nourishing to her and I'm not trying to take that away from anybody. Right. Exactly. Like,
0: yes. We all can find our own thing is my, but there's in, within religion, what I found is so much judgment and the black and white thinking, right. It's that black yeah. and white thinking that I think really minimizes your life and who you get to be and what, you know, yeah. So, I am really cognizant of not going back into another group that has that same thing, <laughs> you know. So it's really- yeah, and and in
1: my experience, it's been hard yes. to find yes. that. I get that. like I have had better success connecting with people one on one. Yeah, like maintaining one on like I do yeah. have multiple one on one
0: relationships where yeah, just one on one.
1: Yeah. But I wouldn't close off to being a like when I was a part of the yoga community, I enjoyed being a part of that community. You know, yeah.
0: So it's for me, this is the big question right now. It's about communities, right? It is. So I want to ask everybody the question who comes on my podcast to talk about religion: like, what do you do for community? Like, religion brings you community. So that's the thing that I found for me that feels so missing now. You know, yet. If I don't feel really part of that group, this, the group beliefs that they believe, I don't really right. feel loved and accepted there either. Yeah. And that's, and that's hard. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, yeah, it's not like, okay. But this is me going through my Chiron return. This is the big issue now to deal with, right? Like everything comes in the certain stages of your life and this is my stage of life. It's the issue. What's your Chiron? Oh, my Chiron is 21, which actually is about money and value, right? But it's like, is that what you're asking? What is it?
1: Yep. Is yeah. Is it on both 20. sides?
0: No, the other side isn't 21. I think it's 17. Yes, 17. <laughs> so, which is opinions. Like <laughs> right. interesting, but um Yeah. Right. Well, even like the
1: 21, like I think of the 21 as like a, it's like a manager of sorts. Resources.
0: Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, like managers. Yeah. And so to me, there is a connection there. If you think about a community being a resource.
0: Yes. Cause what's fascinating to me is what I'm really craving right now is just to go out into the community and be part of it. So I started going every week to United Way and volunteering a couple yeah. hours a week. I do it on a regular basis just to find something yeah. to feel connected to something, right? Like, yeah. That's I'm, one of
1: the things that I was going to say is like, yeah. what I have found to be more fruitful is I like being a part of the coaching community. I yeah. like being a part of the human design community. And of course there's crossover in spirituality with both coaching and human design, but yeah, that has been more fruitful for me yeah. personally is to engage in yeah. community.
0: Well, that would be great if I live in an area where there's more people. So I live so far north. I'm way up in upper Michigan and way mm. like very secluded, right? Our nearest quote city would be three and a half hours away so I'm not you know what I'm not like in a place where I can just Mm. oh here's a new group to join no oh
1: wow (laughs) there's
0: not so this has been even more of an interesting journey for me like online sure I can find lots of friends and community but I really like in-person things I like the connection so but it's part of the journey I'm on and that's why I'm doing these episodes right now because I'm really curious like what are other people experiencing you know yeah I hope, I know there's so many other women out there who are having these similar issues. So I hope that these conversations can help them. Right.
1: Yeah. I, that's what I was going to say is like, yeah. I think that these types of conversations are important because this is how we start developing these communities.
0: Yeah. I know. Right. Cause that was even my thought. I'm like, well, I could form a community. I'm actually, it shows up really heavily in my chart that I'm here to form communities. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, what would that look like? Like, I'm a manifesting generator, right? So I could just like do like, tens of things. that I myself. was going to say you could do 79,000 things. <laughs> except Then I get overwhelmed myself. And then nothing, yeah. really, you know, it's like, I'm like, really looking at what do I want to commit myself to? So this is part of this helping me figure that out. So thank you so much. Yeah, like that, that,
1: I mean, you know, just from the perspective of, you know, as a projector, what I can see is these types of communities don't exist, not in the quantity that it takes to build actual community around.
0: Right. I know it's something I'm considering, like I want to have retreats, but I want to have you know, like after religion, like, well, what can you do with the retreat Ooh. for that? Right. Like after religion retreats, <laughs> I don't know what those look like. That sounds I'm amazing. Just, I'm conceptualizing right now. I'm just in my Gemini way, just having these, all these the conversations. I'm Gemini moon. <laughs> I'm a Gemini and yeah, Libra moon.
1: I'm a Libra sun.
0: Oh, cool. So we're like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yes it's super fascinating so thank you i love that we have so many good like human design uh, astrology the same libras and gemini's and it just feels like we have connections in some way yeah the religion fun. piece that is super fun so thank you so much for joining yeah. me but i before we go can you tell us like if people want to find out what you do or what do you do like just tell us a few sentences about that
1: yeah. So, um, I am the creator of something called the human design map and deconditioning toolbox. So it is a written guide that explains type strategy, authority profile and incarnation cross, and then includes a online coaching program for the deconditioning process where I teach those skills that we were talking about before. Like, how do you process your emotion? How do you navigate? You know, I think that spiritually we were going through a deconditioning process long before human design made its way. And so giving people the skills to actually be able to do that, right? The skills that spiritually we're, we're taught, you don't need that. You don't need that. Right. You just pray. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that's what I do, and I love human design. I could talk about human design for years. Apparently,
0: too. (laughs) That's craziness. Years, apparently. (laughs) So
1: I write. I do typically long form content. I don't post on social media. So you can find all of my work at christyinge.com. Okay. So I blog and then you can opt in to my email list. I have a Gates cheat sheet that you can opt into on my blog post. And then I send emails and they're all about, and this was never intentional. Like I didn't have a niche or anything like that. I've never wanted a niche is the people that seem to be drawn to my work have had some sort of spiritual awakening crisis where... The religion of their childhood is not serving them, (laughs) but they still have that longing for a deeper spiritual life. So, all of my content has a very sort of spiritual, magical tone and very actionable because my fifth line will have it no other way.
0: Um, (laughs) and hey, I'm just curious, where's your son, like your personality son? Uh, 57. Okay,
1: so I have the same incarnation cross as Ra just flipped. So he was 51, 57. I'm 57, 51. And then on the other side, I'm 62, 61.
0: So that 51, Hey, you're here to be provocative, (laughs) right? Awaken people apparently get everybody going. Like, hello.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So So if people are interested in a very spiritual perspective, non-religious dogma free, check out my website.
0: You'll either love me or hate me. (laughs) And that's how it's supposed to be for the five, right? So I will in the show notes, I'll put a link to the website and stuff so everybody can find you. Thank you, Christy, for joining me for this fascinating discussion, which you know what? It went a great little deal longer than I usually do episodes, (laughs) but I think it was very fascinating. (laughs) So it's gonna be good. Yeah, (laughs) thank thank you. you. If you enjoy listening to this podcast please go subscribe so that you get notified of all the future goodies that are coming along. While you're there, please leave me a review and let me know what you think. So excited to share this with you and can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye!